3: Are we recording? Yeah. Nice. Let's cool. let's record. This is good. This is gonna be a little bit different, guys. No, Cassie. Cassie
4: is sick. She's not. She's okay. I think.
3: <laughs> I thought you
4: were say. She's not
3: really sick. No, no. I was gonna say. She's just trying to get the fuck away from us for but half a
4: fucking second. Ha- yeah, probably. <laughs> this happened before, and um, remember we were up in the cupboard, and I think I said "rest in peace." <laughs> so I was trying not to say that. She's okay. <laughs>
3: I okay. brought the snort today. She's I not with us. She's, She's with us with in us. spirit, obviously.
4: Yeah. And she misses each and every one of you.
3: Will I tell you who's also no longer with us? Who? This like 65 year old granny who um, died and one of the emergency services team was caught stealing like 50 quid from her, her dead body <laughs> corpse. <laughs> not from the corpse, not quite that bad from just the old dresser in her bedroom you just, see Granny spotted it and
4: pocketed it oh people are very look with the way they leave cash around the place but also i would
3: do the same what granny's installing cctv in their own bedroom good point how is this caught i know it appears to be some kind of cctv footage so, i watched the footage it's like videoed from the top corner of of the bedroom and so too lad, far away
4: for an only fans
3: yeah yeah Unless she enjoys a kind of a... From a distance only, fans. Yeah, yeah, Which like a kind of a voyeur, pervert CCTV kind of situation. C C T V porn. Yes, it is. And the guy who stole, like... I don't know why this makes it even less forgivable, but the guy who did this stealing was an older gentleman himself. Like, not... I would nearly, you know... If it was, like, somebody who's new to working the emergency services, and he's young and... Oh, just, you know, his frontal, like Leo's girlfriend's, his frontal cortex, cortex isn't not formed developed. yet. That is,
4: it's. I, it feels like a setup. Oh. Are you sure it's true? Is it a
3: <laughs> death trap? Like <laughs> death. Now that's interesting because I don't have the article in front of me anymore. And I feel like I just saw it. It just popped up. And then I, you know... Shut up <laughs> Okay sorry I'm no, pretty sure it's there. happened I'm pretty sure it's happened Okay Hang on Let's get some fact checking because I reckon there are Stealing. things
4: Called like nan cams Nan cam Because I was there At my own grand today And I If it you was p- 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 oh, Excuse me 100% true Was it here we
3: go. Yeah <laughs> This is bad now oh, no. <laughs> She was 94 Wow And like 65 Here we go You want to see go. the footage Yeah
4: Oh, it is an ANCAM. From oh, sorry, the it's the living, living room. room. He's literally rummaging through stuff there, so he's not just sliding a 50 off. He's moving shit around, looks at the value,
3: puts it in his pocket, that little gimp. I mean, he is so fresh off so the job he's doing. He's dickhead. still wearing the latex job. job. What an absolute
4: gun, I would say.
3: Can I also point he's out. He looks at the camera, so. No, does he? Sort of. Oops. No, I don't think he's looking at the camera. Oh, dear. Now, he's in trouble, is he? There's also some seriously weird seating arrangement placement over here what we have is a two seater and two armchairs in a line together
4: for her mates to watch telly together very strange look god be blessed okay well he's having a joint creep of the week then because i've got a whopper today and it's a
3: really sad creep of the week take a guess who it is is it the 26 year old east london cod artist who scammed 10 million out of pensioners around the world? No. It's the Dalai Lama. Oh, no.
4: So he did something so odd. Now, keep in your mind here that the Dalai Lama is an 87-year-old gentleman. Gotcha. 87. So it's hard to say where confusion might come into this. So footage was captured, and it's a very unsettling interaction between a boy of the age of about seven... And this spiritual leader. And he will I show you the vi- the footage? I think you better. Right, I'm gonna spin it around at just the right time. So we've got the Dalai Lama and this lovely little boy. And the Dalai Lama He's going for a kiss, is sticks he? his tongue out, and what you can't hear on the video is that he asked the little boy to suck it. <laughs> so, okay. so they oh are God. in a to he, so they are at a charity event. They're in the Dalai Lama's temple in India and in the video the little boy asks the Dalai Lama can I hug you? To which he responds okay come going come here to me. Then the spiritual leader first asks the boy to kiss him on the cheek pointing on his cheek before pointing then to his lips and the Mm -hmm. boy kisses him on the lips. Now the boy looks like he does not want like he came for a hug Mm -hmm. and now it's (laughs) escalated Mm. then he holds the boy's face and as they briefly do a kiss on the lips Mm. then they press their foreheads together and just as the little boy goes to pull away the dalai lama says and suck my tongue
3: definitely says that
4: prompting him to slowly inch forward towards the 87 year olds outstretched tongue whole thing video now definition and uh, <laughs> we know that... <laughs> oh. There was obviously a, a, a tittering and laughter from the crowd. No. But no one's quite sure. People agree. We all agree this is not no. okay. No. So um, fans went as f- fans, followers or whatever you call them, uh, were utterly shocked to see this display and tweeted their shock, which prompted the Dalai Lama's Twitter account to issue a public apology. Yeah. Yeah. He says, or one of his guys says. One of his publicists says. A video clip has been circulating that shows a recent meeting with a young boy. Asked When a young boy asked his holiness, the Dalai Lama, if he could give him a hug. His holiness wished wishes to apologize to the boy and his family, as well as the many friends across the world, for the hurt his words may have caused. Words is yeah. not exactly accurate. It's, his, it's not really... Well, the words a, well it was a whole I mean, event wasn't it's it the, it's outstretched the outstretched tongue then the words it's got good length on it is the only thing I would say about that
3: the tongue covered quite a kind of a vast I would, gap
4: as a short
3: tongued person tongued
4: individual I'm impressed anyway he, he finishes his holiness often teases people he meets in an innocent and playful way even in public and before cameras he regrets the incident deeply just a little fluff up there i would say on the Dalai lama's part not to take anything from him again 87 years old it's a long time to live do things get blurry at the end
3: probably well things could be blurry things could be very blurry i tell you
4: i was with my own grandmother there today and she's 87
3: did she invite you to suck any appendages did not good
4: she absolutely did not
3: she made me a nice coffee
4: and fed my children. That's nice. So uh, like not together. hashtag
3: not all elderly. I mean at 87, making coffee and dinner. Yeah, she's driving around so Jesus. which is questionable. I, I would at say at 87, all my grandparents were dead. Sure she's my useless.
4: Own. She's the last man standing
3: <laughs> of mine.
4: But useless. Now she wouldn't be on board for um the babysitting necessarily, but God be well. So today it's down to me and you. To
3: deliver... Something sensical. We don't have Cassie... We don't have
4: Cassie here to keep us on the straight and narrow. I know, and I've gone very weird. Oh, tell. Well, I'm just... I got very trapped in the Victorian era <laughs> there over the last few days. <laughs> and so I need to purge that's some of what I know. That's an unfortunate era to be trapped in. It is if you're a woman. It's a bit minus a crack. Oh, no. And I'm going to tell you all the ways in which they died. Oh, no. Really, the infant mortality is what you're going for. Did you know? 15 percent flat mortality rate? That's some percentage, I hear you say, and I'll that tell you all the reasons why. and it's very unexpected. and it's all just like all just trying to be cool and groovy and keeping it up with the Joneses is what those Victorians were doing. Anyway, I'll tell you when it's my time. <laughs> All I'm saying is, it's coming out one
3: way or the other. Keeping up peppery. with the Joneses—that's what they're on I'm telling you. Oh, so good! That was such a complete utter word salad.
4: Like, he's <laughs> your man? Eight simple rules. I'm the. Oh yeah, he's Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson of the Victorian era. I've come coming to you with a
3: garbage bag full of nonsense. <laughs> Okay, so it's been um, a minute since I've told a Columbine story. You are fucking shitting me. And we're, we're in, it is the season, it's April. Okay, is that that's when it all went down. It happened, that's when it all went down. Often after
4: these stories, I need a, like a day or two to fully let it pass through my
3: system. I know, I mean, I feel repentant every time I do this, and... I have no excuse except that I gather them inside me and need to put them inside you. I appreciate that. That is a, a need. So patrons are the ones who are being most um, shot upon here because they had their most recent Columbine story um, I would call just under two weeks ago. Yes, waterboarding. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Whereas main feed hasn't had a Columbine story for a hot minute. All right. And yeah. So what do we I'm have afraid today. I'm doing that. So are we to going to you?
4: OK, are we going to pick an indi- What is what? Are, which angle are we coming in from? I've got a survivor. Excellent.
3: Yeah, I've got an amazing survival story. OK, um, which is a nice um, a nice reversal. The last story for non patrons we told was um, the unlikely and incorrect martyr of Columbine. Bit of a Christian blunder. Um, incorrect martyr of Columbine, Cassie. God love her. Yeah, I know. Through no fault of her own. No fault of her own. No, mm. no, no. She didn't do a thing wrong. Okay, so patrons, hello. Buckle in. Buckle in. Or maybe your seatbelt is still on from the last Possibly experience. <laughs> Possibly still swallowing up. back the nausea from the last time we were in the library in Columbine <laughs> oh on the God, 20th dogs. of April in 1999. We're in. So you want me to do this and then you can... I mean, All pepper. cheer us up with infant mortality. Yeah, yeah. I think it is cheery. A lot enough time has passed. Imagine this is how low I'm bringing us that infant mortality is going to be the palate cleanser at the end of the app. Is there a phrase, a saying that's like, misery loves company to comedy? Oh What's yeah. The formula. Time. It's called tragedy plus time equals comedy. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, okay, now that is not not now where we are not now we're still in tragedyville with uh columbine i'm just thinking about the um do you remember that uh louis ck joke about 9 11 no do you not say it again i don't know whether i want to bring our attention to it especially given it's louis ck and it involves what else wanking (laughs) his his trademark move Go on. So he something about a mid century dildo? <laughs> no, it's uh, as far as I remember. It's that you can, you knew how much of a bad person you were. Oh, by how soon after nine eleven you wanked. I see. Like pr- very potentially, met some people went many weeks before wanking after nine eleven, like just because of the aftershocks. Yeah. Um, and then I'm I was pretty sure that Louis uh, squeezed in a wank between buildings. planes hitting between buildings collapsing God I hope he asked permission um, okay Louis C.K. detour over okay so this is the miraculous survival story of the boy in the window aka Patrick Arland you to- he came up the last time Well, I think I just because he was in the library and we were talking about Cassie Brunell, who was in the library as well, and I kind of I alluded to Patrick Ireland, but I said I'll tell his story fully one day because it's worth it. And now, just literally almost days later, I am now here to tell you about him. Let's go. Okay, so quick library recap. The library was the kind of highest concentration in Columbine, and if you don't have the background on this you have to go back through the episodes punish themselves punish them <laughs>
4: absolutely
3: you, <laughs> you must them. you
4: simply must uh, three weeks ago i think one of the patron episodes is there so if you sign up now just scroll back real
3: quick same. yeah yeah but i think like the main the, the kind of yeah, original is quite a while ago and i can't I, remember if it was I on I the main feed
4: in the description of the last column the patron Fair i play. think i said when the other one was
3: you are
4: now simply. <laughs> bear in mind, I might be lying. You are, in fact. Oh damn! <laughs> I, <laughs> I just, I, I remind us to, to, to somebody's it. comment with it. Never mind. Let's power through. I'll find it another time. We'll find it, and we could try and put it in
3: the description of this episode. Yeah. Would that be but crazy? Possible. Okay. Okay. So recap. Yeah. Columbine happened. 20th of April, 1999. It was, at the time, the deadliest school shooting uh, it has since been surpassed. Um, A yeah. lot, um, lot of... Sadness. A lot of sadness. There was... Uh, b- 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 15 um, people were murdered, if you include Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris, who were the perpetrators. And there was 20 one people gravely injured by gunfire
4: oh
3: God. okay and so the whole attack the duration of the entire attack was like basically five, about 40 minutes is that all yeah wow i know like 40 to 50 minutes it's incredible and the highest concentration of murders took place in the library of the school and that attack in the library of the school literally lasted for s- a bit of maths seven minutes, eleven twenty nine to eleven thirty six a.m. So they'd just kicked off the whole the entire attack at eleven twenty. So they had planted bombs that didn't go off, and mm-hmm. um, thank God because they those. They could have taken out like five hundred people potentially, if the bombs they had planted went off, but all of the bombs they planted, including two out in the car park, um where they had believed people will congregate as they try to escape, God. and we'll get them with those bombs. I mean, it, just every can I ask step of this was meticulously planned, and for maximum destruction.
4: Do you know if those bombs were actually intended to go? Yes. Why did they not go off? Just know? fucked up. So they fucked up by doing that. But yeah, just... Fu- but they had wholly intended also for these
3: explosions rather than... Okay, that's Yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. No, they had like serious bombs, like 20, t- 20 pound propane tanks, oh, wow. pipe bombs I see. and various containers filled with gasoline okay um they the one in the cafeteria had six propane tanks wow and That's huge
4: premeditation
3: yeah and there was before they got to the station they uh, bought another propane tank and they had attached pipe bombs and gasoline canisters like they really were Going not, the, not phoning it in with the bombs. Um, but um, it was, uh, thankfully, did not get up. Um, so, and we went through this before. I'm just trying to remember from the last time, how many of the murdered um, kids were in the library? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, so sorry, 10 of the 13 victims were killed in this seven-minute attack in the library. Okay. It's insane. So at the time um, of, so when they walked into the library, there was um, 52 students and two teachers and two librarians. So it's 56 people. So you basically had a one in five chance of being murdered um, and like loads so basically like when they walked in Eric Harris yelled at everyone to get up people were immediately because they'd heard commotion outside and the fire alarms had been ringing incessantly and um, everyone was kind of like terrified and already getting down taking cover under these tables where they were not covered in the slightest they were like sitting practically wide out in the open like i was thinking about it because our library in school was very small and all the tables were like really close together Mm -hmm. and i think i've always kind of pictured
4: that same library that
3: same library but actually the library was huge and like all the tables were like you know spaced out and it was a big you know what i mean compared to our library. Thing.
4: Did the children and the adults in the in there one of the fifty six? Did they know there was an active shooter at that point, or did they just think there was some emergency in the school?
3: I they I think they started realizing they heard shots and things like that.
4: So their instinct then was to hide. Yeah, but like they there were was afraid to get out. Hide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They because,
3: were afraid to leave the library. Okay. Well, it was you know it was kind of like. Rocking a hard place. Exactly. And it was one of the librarians who made the 911 call from behind in the office. um, And that captured the entire library massacre from beginning to end. Uh, You can hear the boys, Eric and Dylan, in the background, like shouting orders, shouting like slurs at students. Did she survive? Saying horrible things. Yes. And it was only students who died in the library. Oh, um, so, Eric walks in, and Dylan at eleven twenty nine, and screams, "Get up!" Um, which is loud enough to be heard on the nine one one call. And then when no one, yeah, that's it. You see, they knew the night they called in that nine one one call, and she was like, "There's an active shooter." Okay. Yeah, so they definitely knew at that point. Um, and when nobody got up, obviously, um, Eric Harris could be heard yelling, "Fine, I'll start shooting anyway." And so, um. Throughout the whole massacre in the library, it was all captured on the 911 call that the boys seemed to be enjoying themselves. They were like taking shots and shouting woohoo afterwards. Um, They were saying things like anybody with a white hat, which uh, sporting students, students on sports teams wore in Columbine, or a sports emblem on their jumpers is dead. So they were like, oh, we're targeting, you know, jocks, essentially in shorthand parlance mm-hmm. of the times jocks um lots of the students tried to hide that they were wearing hats and um, the windows they so the police had kind of only recently arrived at the scene and uh, they shot out of the windows eric and dylan and the police started returning fire um and then eric and dylan like basically kept their distance from the windows, the police
4: started shooting into the library. Yeah, where
3: they knew there was many, many children. Well, sorry, the Eric and Dylan shot first. Oh, uh, they shot out okay. the windows, like the, as in they blasted through the windows. So the and police, the windows seeing broke. them at the windows, tried to take them. Try to, yeah, um, and because they were completely dressed in. I mean, there's no question they were. They were active shooters, yeah. but they were, like, fucking draped in ammo. Yeah. And carrying huge weapons. Massive guns, sawn yeah. off shotguns and um, things like that. And so, basically, uh, at one point, Dylan um, started shooting at this table nearby, near the windows. And he injured these three boys who were sitting underneath it. They were all friends, obviously. They'd been sitting in the library together. There's a boy called Patrick Ireland. Another boy called Daniel and another guy called Mackay. And so basically um, the chaos was just like raining. Like there was just like continual shooting basically going on and children being sh- killed and injured um, with also Eric and Dylan taunting them all the way through. Um, Eric told one girl who he had just shot in the shoulder... And severed a major artery to quit her bitching when she, you know, obviously started gasping in pain. We talked last week about Cassie Burnell and Eric taunting her, banging on the surface of the table where she was hiding, and then leaning down and saying "peekaboo" before shooting her in the head. Fucking, it was chaos and horrible, just relentless horror. And basically, Patrick Garland had um, seen that his friend um, needed help. He'd been wounded in the knee. And he leaned out to try and help his friend. And that's when Dylan Klebold um, shot him. He'd already been shot once in the foot. But this time, he got shot twice in the head. So basically he his, his head had just popped up over the edge of a table for like a split second and Bar- Dylan Tweed Bar- immediately shot him in the head. So um
4: so at this, this time he would he had been shot three times two in the
3: head. Yeah. and was alive. Well, he basically um lost consciousness. Okay. And so what happened next was that um, he looked dead to the lads, Uh, Well, no, the two lads left the library, um, like, as we said, uh, just seven minutes after they had sp- kicked off the massacre. And um, so basically, uh, all of the um, injured, so there was 10 injured survivors and 29 uninjured un- survivors started to try and escape the library through this exit door. um which led down to a sidewalk so the library's on the second floor of the building and um like literally they were trying desperately to move the injured kids as well like one injured girl um was rescued uh, patrick Ireland, our friend shot twice in the head was completely unconscious mm. and um his friends were just trying and trying and trying to pull him with them, but they were injured as well. Oh God! And basically, everyone was terrified of the um, guys, coming, guys back. coming back. Of course. And they yeah. were in the
4: hallways at this point. There was nowhere to hide there. Or it, had they left the library?
3: Uh, when he was, they to had be told. left the library when they when all of the um, uh, the two lads had. But yeah, Patrick, Eric and sorry, Eric and Dylan had left the library. Yeah. like uh, seven minutes after they'd entered and then all of the like 30 odd people who were still alive and breathing 10 of whom were really injured started to evacuate okay but they couldn't evacuate um all of the like really gravely injured ones and like like i said his two friends patrick Ireland's two friends tried desperately to move him they were trying he was drifting in and out of consciousness and basically all the kids it was chaos they were running for their lives and his friends were trying to drag his limp body but they were too injured and everyone was terrified that the killers were going to come back and um so they left him and also to be fair like i mean apart from just the sheer chaos and trauma that they were experiencing they were looking at their friend who was shot twice in the head so like they thought he was the last call
4: he might also be dead at this
3: point yeah as far as
4: they were concerned
3: yeah like basically there was what there was all these wood splinters torn from the top of the table that the gun had passed through like kind of the gun had kind of skimmed the edge of the table and like embedded all of these wood splinters into the top of his head okay where the bullet had skimmed and then basically a second bullet had burrowed six inches into his brain. Wow. And he was alive. So, but unconscious. Yeah. Basically, bits of his optical center were like immediately destroyed, and most of his language capacity was completely fucked. He like started passing in and out of consciousness, as I said, and he was, all of his neural pathways. Like, some of them have been severed. Like, six inches into the middle of your head. Like, that is right in the center of your brain, essentially. His perception was so fucked up that he couldn't tell that when he was speaking it was complete gibberish. Um, so, And he was shot, uh, so above his eyebrow on the left side. And that controls the right side of the body. So, immediately, his entire right-hand side was completely slack. And he was completely paralyzed. And that's why they couldn't... Get him going. Yeah, couldn't get him going. And again, I do think you're looking at your friend who is shot in the head and you just think, I guess that's probably it. But both his
4: friends also injured. So, oh yeah. Yeah, Yes, completely. But he himself was conscious, couldn't speak. But when he did float back into consciousness,
3: was thinking, I'm a goner here. Even no, like I think right after, I mean, the aftermath, he wasn't forming those types of, kind thoughts. of thoughts like he the thing with the type of injury that he had that seemed to emerge was that like he couldn't grasp immediate events that had just happened okay he only had this sense that something awful had happened and he needed to survive get the so fuck he was out of there. lying there when uh, eric and dylan came back into mm. the library uh, about 25 minutes later And by now the whole library was deserted except except for the dead. dead. And Patrick Ireland, who probably this saved his life. He was unconscious when they came back in. So probably looked dead. Mm. And um, there was another girl called Lisa Kreutz in there as well. And um, they got back into the library. They shot out the library windows again at police. Police returned fire, but nobody was um, murdered. And by... Ten past twelve, they Eric and Dylan had um, killed themselves. Hmm. So meanwhile, in this like school, this elementary school, national school, kind of nearby called Leewood, they had already set up this kind of like check-in system where parents and children could go and try and find them, sell each other at a safe distance, from at a safe distance, exactly. And like there were sign-in sheets and parents searching for their kids everywhere. And like Kathy Ireland is Patrick's mother and like the more and more kids came in that were were being reunited with their parents, the kind of more their chances of their own son being okay were dropping. Unimaginable. Unimaginable. And like basically the thing is that the evacuation was chaotic because word wasn't out that Eric and Dylan were dead. Mm. And of course, sure. Who was going to report that? Didn't well, they kill nobody in the library in the in the canteen? No, well, they killed themselves in the library.
4: Oh, so, so there's no one had,
3: there. No, just Patrick and this other girl, Lisa, and both neither of them. Like Lisa, I think testified later that she'd heard them shout one, two, three okay. before they shot. Okay. But then, like, th- that was reported in a newspaper, and she later said she had never spoken to that All newspaper. Right, okay. So it's like. Very conflicted accounts of what had happened, but basically the SWAT teams and everyone outside had to essentially treat it like there was still an active shooter in the school. They didn't even know how many shooters there were, mm. because kids who were coming out completely hysterical and traumatized were already no either.: No, exactly. And already um, there was like this Stories kind of mythology everywhere. kind of growing that you know about like the trench coat mafia mm-hmm. um and like that it, they were that the kids had been that eric and dylan had been bullied which was kind of erroneously reported and um, like it was kind of described as like for the night for like there was kind of 90 minutes of chaos and the killers basically seemed to be everywhere in the school and mm. um, they'd managed to like they had started to lead survivors out of the school and there's lots of footage of them running out with their hands covering their heads which is just so tragic because that wouldn't have helped them if they were shot at and part of the shootings did begin outside the school so it was very possible that at any moment the kids uh, eric and dylan could reappear and shoot out at the survivors who were fleeing and then basically um you know the killers were dead around 12 but between one and two half two there was still this sense that it was unfolding like because the swat teams hadn't gone in yet Mm -hmm. and um they uh there was at one point uh police actually nabbed three students that they believed were responsible and news filtered back into students who were still hiding in the school that the arrests have arrests, been arrests been had been made and that the shooters had surrendered well, so what like what was that about do you think well you see in the school they had uh, televisions so there were like many students still hiding in classrooms you were able to watch the tv coverage the live news rolling yeah. coverage oh yeah mad mad like there's one um news reporter who was speaking to a boy hiding inside the school via his cell phone and he was saying he was describing where he was hiding and she cut, had to cut across him and say don't say anything because we this is see. being broadcast and this could be seen by the you know killers like holy see? fuck yeah 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 I've you'd wonder
4: that particular instance mm. is that fucking sh- should that news rep- uh, should that have happened you know, that way, it was just like, why... I guess there were so many students still remaining in the school. You know, the police were obviously there already. Yeah. But why the fuck was a news reporter allowed to kind of make contact with a live... Although there's nothing to stop it being allowed, but it just is... Like, yeah, like... Uh, surely I, that that whole... That should never have happened or never be the case.
3: I know. It's also weird to imagine how they managed to... Um, Actually, find the number for the media, like they could have been trying to ring 911 and potentially not getting through,
4: or were they getting calls from the media who were picking up mobile
3: numbers from the kids who were out? I mean, that's possible. That is very possible. Do you remember that when we were in school and there was an anthrax scare? Of course. Somebody in the school rang like, was it Jerry Ryan's TV uh, radio show?
4: Somebody in some of the, one of the classrooms. Was it one, was it Evan or Scott Gray? It was one of the lads. Somebody
3: from our year. I
4: don't know. But anyway, they were live on the radio. Yeah,
3: like, so we were in school. There was an...
1: to find out if it's right for you.
3: The anthrax scare, so somebody mailed um, powder, something like what was innocuous yeah. and we were all evacuated and... Hazmat guys showed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And so that's it. Somebody got into so much fucking trouble for ringing RT radio. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it could have been stuff like that. Uh, um, so like what's really tragic is that There was such a delay in SWAT teams going in, like there was something like a ninety-minute delay before the first SWAT teams went in, that, um, like, for example, the teacher who was murdered in the massacre bled out. Oh, for God's sake! Could have really, really may have not. Do you know what I mean? There was also like at one point that they could see inside one of the windows this big whiteboard that somebody had written one bleeding to death on.
4: Oh my God. I mean,
3: and wheeled it over to the window to try and communicate. Oh my God. Yeah. Was that the person themselves bleeding to death that wrote that? They couldn't decipher whether it said I bleeding out or one bleeding out. So I can't remember. But basically, meanwhile inside the library, Patrick woke up having been (gasps) shot in the head. So he had this strong sense of needing to get the fuck out of where he was but could not remember what had just happened and he started could could he see around him well yeah but his perception was so fucked up so he basically his vision was really fucky and he had one whole part of his vision was completely blank okay but what was happening was it was actually blood pouring from his head wound down blinding over his him. eye. And he had no perception that that...
4: He couldn't feel it. So his ho- that was left-hand side of his body. So he couldn't yeah, raise so his arm to wipe it away.
3: Oh, completely. Like, he started trying to crawl, but half his body was completely paralyzed. He couldn't even crawl. Never mind stand. And so he, with his left hand, started trying to drag himself forward. But each... Forward drag took so much out of him that his brain just gave out. Oh God! And he came in and out of consciousness, and each time he regained consciousness, he just had this drive to get to reaching the light. You know, like he couldn't see enough clearly. So the window, identify like the window or even obstacles. He. It's not. It's it's not possible to say how long, like how many times he passed out, and then came to again, before he made it to the windows. But a bloody trail later examined revealed a very kind of convoluted route. So basically, when he first came to, he was only like about eight feet from the window. So so close. But basically, he just went the wrong direction. He couldn't orientate himself. He he could not, exactly. And he was hitting obstacles, tables, bodies, and just like trying and trying to get towards the light. It took him three hours to get to the window.
4: How the fuck had that much time passed? So we're still within the time. So he woke up. The Mm. lads were dead. Yeah. And there was no one in the lot had discovered the bodies in the library yet. No, yeah. So like SWAT teams
3: only started, I think, to enter the building around half two.
4: Okay. And what time was it then? It
3: is probably close to three at this point because okay. the ki- the boys murdered themselves or su- you know died by suicide just after twelve. How
4: close was he to the bot their bodies? Do you know?
3: Not close. They okay. went into the book case stacks oh. and shot Did themselves there. there. Did they were they in the same row yeah they were were kind of beside each other um so eric harris was sat down with his back against a bookcase Mm -hmm. and he shot himself up through the roof of his mouth so practically from about eye line up has blown off exploded and dylan was kind of about maybe looks looks from the photographs to be about four feet away on his was on his knees, shot himself in the temple with okay. a Sonov shotgun. More explosive. And he uh, collapsed forward. Okay. Uh, less explosive, actually. Incredibly. Like his head was more or less intact compared with Eric Harris's. Do you and think there's one thing, yeah. so there was one photograph taken of them and published. And um, so I unfortunately contain that image inside my brain. But basically, from that photograph, Dylan Klebold had fallen forward kind of and managed to cover his own weapon so there was this theory for a while that Eric Harris had murdered him and then murdered himself but that was disproven. Do you think they went there in order to hide themselves so that it
4: would take authorities that little bit of additional time to find them and confirm the two shooters were dead allowing the injured to die do you think that was an intentional move on their half? I realise you're not either of them. I know, I just, uh, I know it
3: sometimes seems I like know. they're back I know. and using me as a conduit. <laughs> exactly. But no, I have no idea. You know more than them now at this point. <laughs> Jesus, do you I know actually, what's going on in each actually actually of the rooms? I actually do. Jesus, that's disturbing. So it took Patrick Garland three hours to get to the window, mm. just dragging himself by one arm forward. Lose oh, consciousness
4: the at the wi- he, didn't e- he was he trying was just, to get away. He just away. the
3: the voice in his head was like, "You need to get out, get out, get out, get out." He had no idea what really had happened, even, and so he managed to pull himself up at the window. When he finally got there, and there, there the window was like the whole frame of it was covered in jagged glass. Yeah. So he had this kind of like he managed to kind of slump himself slightly, leaning against the frame and like pick away some of the glass okay and then so basically he was spotted in the window by a swat team member who was riding in a media helicopter i think that's some of the irony is that like there was media there was more media at the scene than law enforcement at some point with better equipment yeah practically and um so they immediately alerted this SWAT team on the ground there's someone in the window of the library and um, they could just see that he was moving really strangely and, covered, and in covered in blood and he basically um couldn't climb obviously his only option was to lean over the window okay like leaning the window at waist height i see so he basically just like Folded forward, yeah, with no idea that he was out like a window, head first down onto a concrete ground two stories below. Jesus! So they were like, We've got to get to this kid before they, he throws himself out. The SWAT teams were screaming at him to stay there, stay there, stay there. There was also snipers everywhere because, again, they just didn't know what was happening inside the building. Do you think there and was a moment that, they, that he looked like a threat? a child oh he always looked like he he was in bad shape bad shape very bad shape and uh they were screaming at him to wait but like he wasn't processing their words in any way he could just hear this like cacophony so he did not wait they managed to pull a SWAT truck like an armored truck under the window um and two SWAT team guys were like bounding up on top of this truck to try and grab him yeah in the footage they like barely barely get a hold of his arms he kind of collapsed collapses forward like folding in half with his head dangling downwards okay and he kind of was like that for a minute he couldn't quite get the momentum to get over the sill so there's this moment in the video that's insane looking where he basically just like I think marshalled all of his reserve and kicked his good leg and he's literally vertical in the window and a second big kick kind of gets him over and, and they, they catch him they managed to kind of grab his arms it, they could kind of they f- fluffed catching him because it happened so fast so he kind of flips over oh and hits the side oh of the truck and this entire thing was being broadcast live oh my god yeah And his own sister His mother
4: And is everyone knowing Immediately that's him Or is he identifiable His own sister Didn't recognise him Okay well that is A
3: saving grace nearly Is it I Yeah I guess so I mean it's Maybe It's just so deeply disturbing That they let the cameras roll A child
4: Yeah look, it's happening every day We were were watching people getting um, Pulled out of rubble Newborn babies In Ukraine And like This is
3: Our time That is what just seems to happen I know but I do think There's something about Like Like this particular A spectacle of, being made yeah. Of Tragedy And like yeah It's, it's the same with kind of It's the same with The war for sure But I I guess I almost I'm like Is this different With war reporting Is it Like Less Prurient And more like An indictment of The war Correct yeah. And, and the so. indictment yeah. Of the Um the enemy do you know yeah no whereas some of the this feels like it feels a bit gratuitous yeah it feels a little bit exploitative but i don't know i mean look it it happened there's interest it's interesting there's
4: a conversation to be had yeah yeah the the place of the media in these types of incidents
3: absolutely and the thing was that in the aftermath of columbine like the media was like voracious in their appetite for stories Mm. like there was kind of two um denver newspapers that over from april 20th on into like august of that year so over like five months were running between them 10 stories a day about columbine like now i am aware now that i am sitting here
4: well no this is the story of a victim i think this is the difference i would hazard a guess there that of those 10 stories a large percentage were Uh, Murder focused
3: But also yeah and kind of the question Of why and also A lot of stories about the Jefferson County Sheriff's 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 Office not being Transparent with evidence and things like that Hmm. Um, What Is that a separate story? (laughs) could Take you down another Warren of uh, the basement tapes Which are long Tapes that are and dylan shot of themselves leading up to the attack doing what um talking uh endlessly fucking wanking on manifesto because they're fucking 17 year old pricks with god complexes
4: planning the attack
3: uh yeah yeah like they recorded footage on the morning of the attack sorry this is probably covering all ground slightly on that previous columbine episode but that was they, a long time ago they recorded footage like literally hours before the attack where they kind of essentially said goodbye and things like that
4: within that was there like, a dylan a, klebold did said they say to his, sorry
3: to their moms do i have a memory of that yeah uh, dylan klebold said to his his mom or his parents i'm sorry for the shit that'll probably come down after this so that's the extent of that mm-hmm. um and like th- they both have like extensive journals, fascinated by the journal keeping.
4: did you keep a diary as a teenager? not so, you I did. Know. I remember trying to read yours once I
2: didn't
3: do I wasn't that much no a d- day if, to day if i if I did, it was probably like a week long whim, whereas these two were fucking it
4: was kind of Adrian mu time for me and you, but this that was. This is so. Can I ask another question, just quickly, on them for a minute? Mm. Within, to your knowledge, and their journals, mm. do they work side by side, or had they had their sort of brains meshed into one individual at the, at, the, at that point, or were there breakaways? You know, uh, between were there moments in either of their journals, of a question mark, or there was because the, we've their media had decided that there was a leader in this.
3: Yeah, like it's always been the kind of uh, received wisdom is that Eric Harris was the psychopath and Dylan Klebold was the depressive, mm-hmm. and that Eric Harris kind of wanted the destruction and Dylan wanted to kill himself, and this seemed as good as a, good a way as any. Okay, I don't really buy it. No, I don't. I, as you know, I've just finished reading Sue Klebold's memoir. Uh, dylan har dylan Klebold's mother and she has become like a mental illness advocate and like a kind of suicide um you know prevention exactly uh activist and like she's she's clear she's not like obfuscating in her memoir or you know making excuses but I do think that that whole narrative of like Eric Harris being the psychopath Dylan Clewell being the depressive is kind of just passing the book. And I think it's just downplaying and minimizing like how much rage and. And 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 just badness that anyone would have to be having them to participate. Okay. Even if you're not the driver like at any moment in the like they were planning it for like a good year what age were they Um, at the time of the attacks eric was 18 and dylan was 17 but eric was only recently 18 because they had to get a friend of theirs to buy three of the guns at a gun show and this was this young girl called robin who i mean truly had no idea what she was um, and participating in
4: serve any time was there any crimes
3: uh, yeah there was Convictions Now Sorry now trying I've, to think brought think. way off I'm trying to think Off the top of my head What They were actually um, s- Charged with And what Time they did I feel bad now I can't Who's have, they? Um, so there was There was Robin I think her name is Robin The older friend who Helped them buy the guns
4: Yes then there was but said she had no knowledge of the plan no wasn't involved in any of the videos basement tapes or diary writing
3: oh exactly and then like um you know they were in colorado so like it would be like reasonable i guess that they wanted them for hunting or you know okay i mean they completely lied to her about what they were um intending to intending to do and um Okay, so there's one guy who was like 22 and I think knew them through one of their after-school jobs and he sold an assault pistol to them and he was charged with recklessly providing a handgun to a minor. Jesus. Um, yeah. He surrendered to authorities. Mm-hmm. Um, other people in Dylan and Eric's friend group were like closely questioned... And um, they didn't um, get arrested and there was no sense that they uh, knew anything of the attack. Okay. But like, if you sort of started to piece together different sort of uh, claims made by them, there was a picture of like, you know, they. some of them knew about the pipe bombs. Some of them knew, do you know the way, mm. about the shooting um, fucking target practice and well, things like that. Yeah, they weren't entirely
4: secretive. Obviously, uh, partially.
3: I th- no. I think none of them knew the plan. I can at imagine all.
4: them sort of making jokes and but and they, saying they're, random things. And yeah, like their friends and people around them wouldn't have any necessarily reason to think what they were saying was.
3: And also, teenage boys just talk so exactly. much crap. Yeah. Um, now there was like a website that Eric Harris made um, about a year before the attacks. Where he like threatened another um student called Brooks Brown. Mm-hmm. So like that was open, um visible to the public. And um somebody told Brooks Brown about this website and he was understandably really scared and really freaked out. And then so his parents alerted authorities to the website, but the authorities just re dropped the ball and didn't follow up. No. Isn't that crazy?
4: Also, I guess the idea of a website had a totally different connotation, it ha- has one now, than it did back then.
3: Yeah. Uh, like, we're talking a really basic... Because now all we see are people taking their plans and ideas from the internet out into the open world. And over and over. Over and over, and over, over, and, over and over again. Whereas back then, the internet was like, what is it? Is it an online... journal yeah i don't know yeah like i guess that it was less common for people to to well as you said have any real understanding of it yeah and then there was also the fact that Eric and dylan were arrested the summer before the um shootings for breaking into a van and then like basically as a part of um them not being charged um which would have been a felony they're like put into this program called diversion which was like c- sort of a mixture of kind of Juby. sort of community service sort of s- counseling and um like light they were both so well behaved and you know uh, deceived the counselors um that they were released from the program early and eric harris in particular was like Like named as just like this model kid
4: And before when that happened And he's the one who's
3: supposedly the psychopath You know able to You know put up any kind of mask And
4: when that happened Mm. And they were punished for that act Mm. This is all during their planning time
3: Yeah Yeah totally Like um, they were ordered to pay back some money To the owner of the van Mm -hmm. And like there's definitely in one of their journals Like bitching and whinging about having to pay back some money because they were spending their money on amassing an arsenal of weaponry.
4: Fucking hell. Yeah,
3: like they were there and working were, in their little pizza cafe. Where was, the, where was all this stuff? Um, I think it's so Eric Harris's parents have never spoken publicly. Interesting. But it seems like it probably was his house because um, the Klebolds, who have been more outspoken and obviously Sue read th- wrote that book, describe sometimes searching their son's room because they had an older son called Byron who had kind of had like trouble with drugs and things like that. And so they were on the key vive a bit more. Right. I think they were, but, is, but, but because... Uh, there i mean yeah the police searched their rooms and found things but i think they found more things like makings of bomb and stuff like that in eric harris's house mm. so basically as i said they were watching this live on television patrick arland flopping out of uh, the second story window and um so the his parents were still over in the elementary school with no idea where their son was and uh, only that they asked a neighbor to go back to their house and check their answering machine, and um, they would still—they basically spent like four to five hours in Panicking. in terror, yeah. absolute terror. And the neighbor found just dozens of messages from themselves saying, "Patrick, Patrick, if you get home, please call us." Blah, 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 you know, mm-hmm. and then finally one from a hospital, hospital saying, "We have your son. Please call." Oh
4: my God! Yeah,
3: and part of the problem when they um, took hey patrick to the hospital in the ambulance they got the name wrong initially because he couldn't say his own name properly Gosh. so they thought fi- he'd like been trying and trying and trying to say his name and it came out as rick Ireland. so they thought they had this kid called rick Ireland mm-hmm. for ages and so basically that he went straight into surgery the surgery was supposed to last an hour it lasted three hours they cleared lots of the kind of debris that was in his skull but they couldn't dig in deep enough to actually get the bullet. The bullet was going to stay in his brain for life. Wow. They would no idea what they were even going to be able to achieve because brain cells don't regenerate. That's right. And though sometimes they can re- reform pathways. yeah. Yeah. Um, and so incredibly, he came uh, to after the surgery, surgery had no idea what had happened. He was so confused he thought that he'd been shot in the ER of the hospital. Oh God, um, love him. He couldn't, like in his mind, when he was making sentences, it seemed sounded normal, but when he replied, it Garble. was completely garbled. Did he have sight? Uh yes. Um Incredible. still paralyzed. Okay. And um he when like he asked if, for example after a while when he couldn't speak and he couldn't communicate he asked for a board and a pen to write down things on and even when he wrote things down it was just garbled frustrating. yeah so frustrating then he finally did start to talk but like the, the words he was saying were like capital cities and because apparently he'd been in studying capital cities right before the attack began no way his brain was just going back to that point his brain had just like latched the whole incident yes and also this other phrase that he just kept saying over and over which is so strange is picture perfect marsupials (laughs) he'd obviously read he'd obviously been reading it or something and um so it was absolutely bananas So the parents raced over. He
4: gets out of... Yeah. He has no idea. Well, he also can't communicate, but we know now. He doesn't know what happened. He doesn't know what happened. They're like, what is the prognosis here? Is he coming back?
3: Yeah, they have no idea, like, what level of brain damage he's suffered. Mm -hmm. And obviously, he's still paralyzed on his right side. But
4: thank God he's alive.
3: Yeah. And so he finally he's kind of starting to be able to communicate a bit better and like the his mother for example is just like going through so many emotions of rage and devastation and he basically just tells her to forgive eric and dylan he's just like i can't do this. i have to move on get myself better exactly and if i'm angry that's just going Way to energy exactly so this is a so kid who's is like 17 years old. Spiraling. How yes. did this
4: fucking happen? How could this have happened? Of course. She's obviously in contact with all the children whose parents are dead now. Yeah. So she's in an absolute hell storm. Yeah. He's focused on
3: getting through it and continuing to live and survive even the first week in hospital he doesn't even know the magnitude of what's taking place like nobody tells no him. telling him yeah why would you yeah really? it's not until he gets a call so he was in spain like before the spring before the attacks like doing a kind of an exchange program and the family that he stayed with calls to see if he's all right and he's like how do they know? Oh my like, God. Like he doesn't even realize that this is being broadcast around Globally. the world. and So then they're forced to tell him. Yeah. Presumably when the Spanish yeah. open.
4: The Spanish exchange student parents are like, "Are you (laughs) you okay?" okay?
3: Yeah, and that's when he finds out one of his best friends was murdered. And was um, it one of the two guys? Did the two guys
4: who tried to drag him out survive? They did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of his best friends who was also in the library
3: sitting with him. Um, was that was that friend in the library? I think that friend was in the library. Um, and he. As I said Is just like So focused on getting better Um But And Like really The prognosis was so shit Like they were basically like if he talks again miracle like miracle like because even though he was sort of starting to speak a bit his speech was so slow and so kind of fractured mm. and it would take him a long time to get single words out and things like that and they also just thought he probably won't walk again okay. but nine weeks after being admitted nine he out. weeks yes
4: on a crutch Holy fuck. So he regained feeling and control of his left-hand side of his body. I mean, truly by
3: sheer will. Like, he talks about how it felt to try and start getting some feeling back in his right leg. Like, they wanted him to just, he wanted to walk. They were like, if you can even just twitch this leg, you are really doing well. But, like.
4: He wouldn't settle. He, Yeah. Push through well he obviously he would did have the ability to I mm. mean, will of f- force force, is, of, force will. of will is strong yeah. but the fucking bottom line here there needs to be the ability still and it obviously did remain somewhere deep in his brain he's an extraordinary
3: guy because even before any of this happened since he joined high school he always said he wanted to be valedictorian and valedictorian like is, is different in boy? america than it is here do you remember a valedictorian in our school just made a speech at the end of school i, I can't remember if they were that head boy he or a head girl or whether it okay. was just somebody separate
4: was it like the smartest person in the class well
3: no like i don't think it has to be in ireland but in america <laughs> it does it does <laughs> you have to have straight a's and he was upset in college, in school uh, sorry in school he was like basically just a grafter like not one of those kind of really naturally smart people who just like kind of cruise into a's he just was like obsessed with keeping he basically you need straight a's to become a valed, valedictorian mm. and when he was in the hospital after the attack he was like obsessed 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 with still achieving his goal of being valedictorian and he basically was like i don't have
4: time for well, this well they couldn't fucking not give it well to true them. would have been really
3: really <laughs> shitty Do you know what we see you patrick but no but look, the grades dipped after the massacre <laughs> you know what i mean we couldn't help but notice so, no, he, um, he, the school reopened, like, four months after the massacre. So, what happened was, it happened, the, the actual attacks happened on April 20th. So, mm. the school just went into shutdown. Cool. And every single fucking person was in the midst of PTSD. N- yeah, so, nobody obviously. was finishing that year. Okay. And so, they reopened the school on the 16th of August. And, like, they had this whole game plan for reopening the school. Because they... Like, so intermittently they had let some of the survivors back into the
4: school. To process as part of a grieving process. Yeah, yeah. And
3: also to just get their shit. Like loads of people just absolutely fucked it out of there without their possessions. Things like their mobile phones and things like that. And also you remember from the Cassie Brunel... Episode that was when Craig Scott realised he had like fingered Miss. the wrong person for being the martyr. That's right. And um, that's a deep cut for the patrons. So April,
4: May, June, July. So we're f- only August, four months. Only four
3: months out. So they'd done some like reconstruction because obviously there was damage and things like that. He'd mopped and up the, the And in the that blood. meantime, the school had become a site for tourists. Yeah. I'd say a lot of Jesus
4: tourists as well, well.
3: There was a lot of Jesus tourists exploiting some of the, um, the stories like Cassie Burnell's. Mm. But also, there were just tour buses who were like what? rocking up, seriously. It became a joint first place with the four Rocky Mountains. Months later. As, yeah, within those four months. It was Jesus. like the hottest spot in Colorado to visit. That's like visiting Auschwitz. When the fucking burners
4: haven't cooled down.
3: Yes. Yes. Batch it.
4: Absolutely batch it. They shouldn't have allowed that. Well, How, it just—it ha- was just beyond their control. They were just like, we can't have a stake of guards here. I think they were 24/7. in such
3: a shit storm. No one of knew what to media, and um, just like victims, laser focused them, yeah. on the tragedy. Then these tourists. Then all these children that they're trying to <sighs> facilitate their education and will, recovery. their recovery. And actually reconstruct the school. Like it. I mean it's an unending shitstorm. And then you know a lot of the parents were putting together lawsuits. Um, and things like that at this point in the aftermath. My God. And so on the day that the school reopened. They like had to have an actual strategy. For how the hell they were going to do this. Without the media. Without it being a feeding frenzy for the media. So what they did was. They recruited thousands of like neighbors people from the nearby towns um to form a human chain around around the school yeah around the grounds of Amazing. the school and so that and that way it was to block the media but also show a visual and a visual show su- show
4: of support yeah for the, yeah the victims. isn't that mad? very moving
3: very fucking moving yeah and um the kids like definitely there was talk about how much resentment there was among the student population that even just the word Columbine was like now a noun exactly. or not like a noun but like now the name of a tragedy as opposed to the name of a school mm-hmm. and so they had like a kind of uh you know a slogan of like take back the school yeah yeah and there was such a kind of sense of like we will not let these fuckheads Define Eric our and Dylan yeah. yeah win and we won't let the media win because I think the thing with the media is it had become grotesque. Absolutely. Like they're, more they're, and more and they more. they put those two boys on the cover of Time magazine. Do you know what I mean? Like they they published photographs of their um, dead, bodies. dead bodies. Like it just was Patrick's live broadcast. Yeah, as exactly. He was slumped out the window. Yeah, so there was a lot of anger among students uh, directed towards that, understandably. And then, um, so Patrick Ireland went back to the school. He fucking nailed it. Got all his straight A's that he still needed to get. To be fair, they might have gone easy on him. Over, like he recuperated in an insane amount of time. He was shot in the head, predicted to be paralysed for life. By the following September, he was attending school. Wow. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, he wanted to do architecture in college. Had always. But he started to suffer seizures um, no, as a result of his brain injury bullet still in there. Yeah, yeah. And like so he collapsed on one oh particular no. trip to London that was like really, really severe, severe seizure on the sidewalk of London. And um, basically, they kind of realized that like it might be risky, too risky for him to go to college. Like out of state And you know Live away from home And stuff His dreams His dreams His fucking dreams So they decided That he'd go to college And study business instead Get the fuck out of here There has to be another way Wait On the first day of college He met The love of his life Oh fate Isn't that lovely who are, who's the love of his life now? I think her name was Laura. I'm just forgetting. Oh. <laughs> Off the top of my head, I forget her name. But I do just okay. remember. So All now right. he's got three little girls. Wow. And the only thing that marks him out is that like, he has a slight limp still. And a sissy dick, as they call them. What's that?
4: A uh, dick that makes uh, girls only.
3: Oh, mm. good for him. Yeah, good I am, am happy for
4: him. for him. I am. What s- an absolute survivor. What an absolute... I, I do love a... Sur- I love a survivor story. What yeah. a fucking hero.
3: He dragged himself for three hours to that window. Isn't that nuts? Delighted
4: for him. Yeah. That he lived. It's amazing. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you. Shook now,
3: obviously. Thank um, you, dear listeners. I apologize for shaking um, you.
4: You'll get more of that over on our Patreon, should you wish. I'm going to keep my Victorian nightmare and I'm going to give it
3: to you over there behind... The paywall. That paywall. I feel very sorry. I've just absolutely monopolized the episode. No, I was absolutely gripped. Gripped. Okay,
4: good. Thank God. <laughs> See you next week. We'll be with Cassie again. ta Bye.